Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltysiak and you're listening to Not The Same Old Lions Podcast. Using my sportscasting background, I speak with a variety of guests and interview key players to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. In this episode, we preview the Detroit Lions NFC Championship matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. The Lions hit the road to Levi Stadium, where kickoff is slated for this Sunday at 6.30 Eastern Time or 3.30 local time if you're going to be at the game in California. We'll take a look at what to expect out of San Francisco, any takeaways from their narrow victory against Green Bay. We'll look at what we expect from the Lions, plus we'll talk about the major storylines surrounding this game. Let's get to it, Lions fans. This is Jason Gabenda with the Detroit Lions, and you're listening to Not the Same Old Lions Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Coach Jerry Angers, named Michigan High School Coach of the Year, as well as Coach of the Week by the Detroit Lions. He's also mentored numerous players at the college level and some all the way to the NFL. Great to have you here, Coach. Oh, great to be here. I think it's January 24th, and we're still talking Lions football. Game football. Yep. Game football. We're talking 2023 season football. We're not looking forward to anything that's coming up in March or April or May. And so you're right. That is incredible. And and as we get into it, let's remind listeners, hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. It is helping us build momentum. And we're building momentum in a very similar fashion to the way the Detroit Lions have built momentum. And again, Coach, we're doing another preview episode. I, I love these extra preview episodes we're getting to do this year. Oh, there's no doubt about that. It's uh, it's just awesome to uh, keep riding riding with that uh, train that we've been on the whole time. That we have, but I think we were helping shovel some of the coal to get that train moving maybe. I don't know, or we just got on right at the beginning with everybody else at that first station. Coach, Coach Campbell talked to the media today, and let's start talking San Francisco 49ers. Here's what Coach Campbell had to say. Tremendous amount of respect for uh... – Coach Shanahan, what he's done out there, man, I think he's an outstanding coach. Uh, and uh, and then certainly as an offensive coordinator, you know, he's 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 tops. They have an identity, an attitude, um, sound schemes. Uh, they're going to test your boundaries. Um, they're going to find weaknesses and then just try to pepper you on those. Um, so this is a heck of a matchup for us. Outstanding playmakers. Both sides of the ball. John Lynch has done a hell of a job. You know, he and he and Kyle both building that roster. So, um, you know, this will be an outstanding test for us. But it's one we're ready for. We're ready for. So we're built to handle this. And this is going to be a, this will be an outstanding game on the road. Uh, our guys are going to be ready to roll. So, Coach, I mean, we're not surprised by the flattery that Dan Campbell gave this team. I mean, the 49ers have looked like the best team in the NFC for most, if not all, of this year. I mean, if you look at their stats, they are number two in total yards on offense. They were fourth in passing and third in rushing, top five in both categories. And their defense, number eight overall. Their pass defense was 14th. Their rush defense is third. So let's talk about them. What are we expecting out of the 49ers coming into this game? I mean, you, we, we know. I think the biggest thing for them is, and what they're going to be rallying around is last year, Brock Purdy, their quarterback, uh, was injured in this game. 
and didn't finish. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, that there were second time that he's been in this game. So he's going to have that chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, trying to finish it out. So uh, we know what we're going to see. I mean, we're, we're not going to see the team that lost three games in a row during the, during the season. We're not going to see the team that I think they believe they lost against the Rams first week of the season or second week of the season. Is that correct? And that sounds about right. Yeah. And we're definitely aren't going to see the team that uh, the Ravens came in and just throttled, you know, um, and we're going to see a good football. We're a good football team. They want to get back They're They're used to playing in this championship game. Their goals every year is to be to the, is to be the Super Bowl, and they're one game away from getting there and they have a home game. So um, we're going to see a, a great San Francisco football team for sure. Now, now coming into this game, the 49ers are a six and a half or seven point favorite that they should be the favorite. They've, they've been that dominating team. I do feel that that, that line might be a little bigger than it should be. But but that being said, again, they should be favored. They have looked like the most dominant team in the NFC for the majority of this season. Now, one thing that creeps up, and I have a question for you, mm-hmm. is they got the bye week. And knowing they were going to have that bye week, they rested their players in week 18, essentially giving them a double bye. Mm-hmm. And anyone that watched that game last week against Green Bay they would say the 49ers had no business winning that game because the Packers dropped two crucial interceptions and a missed field goal. So I've got a question for you. Is that that sloppy game against the Packers, is that a sign of the team having some issues? Or is that maybe just shaking off some rust and now we might see the Giant reawoken? Well, I and I, I, I think it's we, we keep going back to the rust or rust. Yeah, even let's talk. Let's bring the Ravens in. They played. It was a ten ten tie for them at halftime too, you know. But they came out and totally dominated. Right? They totally dominated that second half. The 49ers, rust or rust, whichever way you want to say it, came out. Green Bay put it on them pretty pretty good. And the um, I would say the youthfulness of the Packers may have lost that game because of the drops and things like that. Are the 49ers, did they awake the 49ers? The 49ers, when 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 the game was on the line, they answered the bell. Um, but again, you still have to look at, the, the. I look at the two different halves between them and, and the Packers and the Ravens game, and the Ravens knocked that rust off and came out at halftime and just throttled the team where the 49ers came out and had a struggle. Now, Green Bay is a good football team. I'm not saying they're not. Same thing with who the Ravens played. But you still have some things to look at. I think another thing you have to look at, too, is anytime Debo goes down in a game, your playbooks get shrunk. You know, I mean, they have to shrink that playbook down. They probably had this called, you know, maybe the next play was, a, you know, when he before he got after he got hurt. So so those things all come into play. So, again, they're going to be ready to play on, on Sunday, but they're playing a damn good football team in the Detroit Lions. I'm sorry. No, no need to apologize for that. I mean, maybe some of the other media should because of uh, the, the disrespect that continues to follow around this Lions team. But you brought up a big key element, and that is Debo Samuel. He was not there, I believe, for most of the second half or or a big chunk of that game. And the, and things did change without him in there. And he is a key to their offense, just like Christian McCaffrey is. Those are arguably two of their most important playmakers on that team. And his health status is in question. You know, it's early in the week, so we don't know what's going to happen come Sunday. you got a number of days left. But if he can play, 
that's going to be crucial for them. And if he's not able to play, well, they will have the opportunity to plan for that at least. Because when it happens in a game like that, you, you can't plan. You don't have the reps for other people. So they're going to be a little bit more prepared this week, I think, if they have to go without him than they were when he got hurt and knocked out of the game. But I don't know that he's actually going to miss the game. Yeah, I don't. I I can't believe uh, I can't believe he's going to miss it. It's funny because I had people texting me about, "Oh my God, whose hands raise that?" We hope Debo doesn't play. I hope he plays. Okay, and I'm think, and I I know MCDC is hoping that Joe Montana and Jerry Rice come out of retirement because we wanted to beat the be the best. You got to beat the best, and that's what the Lions are after. But you're correct on that, Matt. They're gonna they're gonna be able to. Uh, set their playbook up and their play calls, and Shanahan's a genius on that situation <laughs> to offset if he's there and if he's and if he, if he's not there and if he is there, they'll also you know they'll go back to what they had planned on in the first place. So uh, they have a lot of weapons. It's that time of year you lose some critical guys in critical situations. It, it doesn't it doesn't affect them as much as people think. That's my my feeling. All right, well, let's turn our attention to the Lions then and what we expect out of them coming into this game. You know, I I do think that the Tampa Bay game was big because the Rams game, everybody picked the Rams to beat the Lions, and we had that big emotional win. Well, when we beat Tampa last week, we avoided that letdown game because everyone's picking the Lions. And it wasn't a surprise that everyone picked the Lions last week because they were the superior team, the majority, if not all of this season to Tampa, even though Tampa got hot and Baker played one of the best seasons of his career, but it wasn't a big surprise that the Lions should be favored and the Lions got the job done. And so now what do we expect out of them coming into this game? Well, as we mentioned, they're six and a half to seven point underdogs. They're going on the road, second NFC championship game in team history, even though a lot of the pundits aren't giving them too much credit or too much optimism on their chances. You got to go back to what you and I have talked about, and it's building this team, right? Here's Coach Campbell talking about how they built this team. Look, everything starts with ability, right? You have to have ability in this league. We have ability. But but deeper than that, you, man, you have to be able to handle the ebbs and flows of a game in a season and playoffs. And that's what, that's what has been built for three years now. And so that's what gives me faith. Look, there's going to be things that are going to happen in this game that it's going to look like it's out of control and it's not going to go well for us. And as long as we just play the next play, it'll turn. And that's what we've done all year. And that's the most important thing to keep in mind. But you've got to be made a certain way and the team has to be made a certain way to be able to handle that. Otherwise, you just crumble. So um, that's what gives me faith. We have a team that's built that way. So, so coach, let's go back to the draft. Let's go back all offseason. You and I, you said we've been on the hype train since the beginning. We have been ecstatic about the roster that they have built because even during the draft, you and I said they got the right fits for the roster. And that's what's so important about this team. Well, it is. And I, and I think uh, mentally tough individuals that are going to work through whatever they have to to get the job done. I mean, that's our unit when he when he talks about we're built for this we're built for this we're built for this those are all the background checks that uh brad uh brad holmes and and and, and the scouting department and all those guys took care of they found those guys that could get through no matter what you know how do you move there's how many you find a player that can move on to the next play and not worry about what the last one whether it's a positive or negative 
And and that's what you see with these lines. Now, it may be a series or two. It may be, you know, what the, I, what, the one game, I think we had three, three and out for 21 straight points. Last week, we did the same thing. You know, we had some uh, three and outs. We didn't score any points. All of a sudden, three three touchdown drives in a row with that quarterback. That's good enough for us. That was 11 for 12 in the fourth, I think, is what the stats, not not was looking at that. So those are the things that he's talking about when he says that. You know, each one of these individuals, Ragnow getting up with a bad knee and a bad ankle. Oh, my God, how tough is that individual? Uh, Anzalone playing with three cracked ribs. You know, nobody knows about. DJ coming back from, from a pet tear. We got the right guys. We got the guys in the locker room. We we there's I, I, you can go on and on and name that guy. Uh, Barnes in his in his interception three years uh, drafted a linebacker. Oh my God, there he's not good enough to play for us. He just kept grinding to get better, and I'm sure you saw his thing with uh, the um, man of the year uh, internet where he, where uh, he ran up to. Uh, Big Whitey, big offensive lineman for man of the year after the game from the Colts and and uh, went up to him and thanked him. You, If you haven't seen that, look that up. I, I retweeted it the other day. Okay. Uh, so just things like that, Matt, that you you look at these guys and you go, oh, my God, oh, my God. They're, no matter what's thrown in front of them, they're, they're going to come out and play, baby, and they're going to come out and they're going to come after you. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out because I did not see it. But but again, it's it's that roster, right? I mean, I interviewed Jason Cabinda last week. We talked about the word grit. And he said, you need to have grit to be on this team. And he said, it's not doing what you want to do. A lot of people do what, what they want to do. But it's doing what you need to do. And he said, that's the way this team is built. And they've built a good bond by doing that. And so we've seen it time and again during the season when things didn't go perfect. You saw it against that Bears team when – they made so many mistakes that their backs were against the wall. And then what happens? Jared Goff and the offense get down the field and they get it done. And then what happens? The defense stops it on the other end. I mean, look no further than the last two games. If you want to look at how balanced of a team this is, it was the defense that had to step up at times in both of these last games, as well as special teams. The offense couldn't get the job done alone. And that's what makes us a true team. And so you got to be optimistic about the Lions' chances. Not saying they're going to win, but I think this goes back to something, Coach, that you and I said from the beginning of the year. We're not going to predict them to win every game because that just doesn't happen in the NFL. But we are going to predict that there isn't a game they're not capable of winning. And this falls right into that category. They're not favored, but they are capable. And and all you want is a chance, right, Coach? Oh, that's for sure. And I think that's one of the... One of the things, I mean, we, you know, we still say Detroit again versus everybody. And it's when, the, when, when these other last week, you and I talked about this because a lot of the experts were talking about the Lions, but oh, the Lions, Lions, Lions going to get Tampa. And we were kind of bummed out because we like that, that um, the, the behind the scene team, the one that nobody is going to, they respect. I mean, right now the experts are all on that thin ice. I'm going to pick the 49ers. I mean, big Marcus the other today, I'm going to pick the 49ers, but. I'm not doubting the Lions. And he goes, it's tough for me not to pick the Lions, but I just got to go by that. And so I think that's what you're talking about, that, you know, that everybody's skating on that thin ice um, on how to judge this game. Let's talk about why they're talking about the Niners so much. We talked about this um, a few weeks ago with the Dallas Cowboys. Household names, Matt. You got defense for the, I mean, and I went through them. You got defense for the Niners. Young, Armstead, Hargrave, Bosa, 
Gregory, second team, Fred Warner, Greenlaw, um, the best linebacking core in the NFL, hands down. Lenore, you know, the corner's pretty good, but they do it. He does have a lot of penalties. And then you look at their offense, Ayuk, Trent Williams, George Kittle, CMC, Debo, uh, uh, Juszczyk, Purdy, you know, Purdy, uh, you know. And so, you know, those are the things are. But you know what? Let's put each one of those positions and put our guy next to them from our positions, and let's evaluate them that way. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we're as good as they are. Pound for pound, body for body, position for position. Well, I mean, if you look, the stats aren't that different. I told you, the 49ers were number two in total yards on offense. The Lions were third. You know, passing, the, the 49ers were fourth. The Lions were second in passing yards. And in rushing, the 49ers were third, and the Lions were fifth. And then if we go to the defensive side of the ball, we talked about the, the Niners having the eighth best defense. Their pass defense was 14th, and their rush defense was third. The Lions' rush defense is second, though. Their pass defense has fallen a lot the second half of the season. It's down to 27th. And so what this tells me is the Lions, for the second week in a row, are going to face a really good rush defense. And, and the Rams didn't have a bad rush defense either. But the Lions are going to have to work hard to run the ball. And the other key is, Campbell even talked about this, the Lions need to stop the run by the 49ers. Because he said, if we can't stop the run, then then the floodgates will open. And so I think those are going to be a couple of keys for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, CMC, the big, you know, look at the plays last week. Big run plays. He, he Big splash plays by CMC running the ball. You know, and that's what we have to eliminate. Which is what we've done defensively over the last two weeks. We have given up some big plays. But in critical situations, we've got big stops, you know, keeping guys out of the end zone. We can't let we can't let um, CMC run wild on us. We know that, you know, um, we have to when they do throw the ball, we have to make sure Kittle and Ayuk don't get those big splash. But, yeah, they're going to get 20 yard gains. OK, it's it's they're good. It's, they're good. We just can't give them 50 yard touchdowns. And, and I and I totally agree with Coach Campbell, and, and everybody talks about it. If you turn a team, can we turn the San Francisco 49ers into a one-dimensional team? Can we turn them into a one-dimensional team? And that would be, can we turn them past? Because AG, that the dial with the splits packages that he's dialing up and stuff, and the way Hutch is coming after it, and and McNeil, um, that's what we got to get to. And and I and I think that's what they're shooting for. And and uh, we'll see what happens with it. Well, I think one of those keys is going to be seeing those guys on defense making tackles because you saw a lot of missed or broken tackles when the 49ers played the Packers. And you have to limit that. The Lions, in general, have done a really good job of tackling. I mean, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Brian Branch have been a couple of the the, the stalwarts at that, as has our entire linebacking core. And so let's look at some of the major storylines around this. Well, you know, we already talked about the Debo Samuel injury. Um, you brought up Alex Anzalone already. I mean, he played that last game through some broken ribs. You know he's playing this week. I mean, I'd be shocked if he didn't. And But that's one thing that he is dealing with. And then we know Jonah Jackson is out. And I presume Coyote Oshika is going to be playing in his spot. So, so Coach, if Anzalone is playing a little banged up, how could that affect his game? And Jonah being out, if it is Oshika or somebody else, how does that affect the offensive line? Well, Anzalone, um, he played last week with it, led the team in tackles, I believe, or was second in the team in tackles. He's still flying around. Uh, this game means so much to him that I don't think it's going to affect him at all. You know, there'll be some times when there's a little soreness or he gets hit on it 
And, you know, but again, let's go back to that G-R-I-T word. Uh, Anzalone fits that to, to a T, right? I mean, the guy's gritty and the guy's going to play. Rag did the same thing. He's gritty. He's going to play. He's The dude's crying after plays because his knee's hurting so bad. But you, you're going to have to, I don't know how you're going to keep him off. And offensively, again, you know, that hurts losing uh, Jonah. I mean, it, you know, we, we talked about that all year when our five starters. But again, we we have the opportunity to get a guy ready, just like Debo, like they're talking about Debo or a guy replacing Debo. So um, at left guard, we should be in a you know, pretty good shape in that. And, you know, we'll, they'll just uh, tie up some different uh, blocking schemes to, to protect him a little bit. And, and uh, you know, and, you know, we know the big thing is keeping young and, and uh, um, uh, Bosa off of us. And then we got to worry about those blitz and backers. But, you know, we'll, we'll be okay with that, especially with Rag and they're knocking on wood. He lasts the whole game because he's so smart. He's going to put him in the right spot. Well, that, that was incredible knowing how much Rag now played through. I mean, Frank has been incredible this season. And that just that game right there was like the, the microcosm of his entire season and probably his entire career for that matter. And, you know, Coyote Oshika. He played well. We, we had scored touchdowns on three drives in a row, I believe, when he was in there. And so let's give some credit there. And having that whole week to prepare will help. Um, Coach, you know, Brock Wright, he's out. The Lions signed Zach Ertz. Coach Campbell, they got him on the practice squad. They don't know if he'll be ready this week. They don't know if he'll be playing this week. They're going to take it as it comes and see how it goes. But we needed somebody for depth, knowing that Mitchell was already out. Wright is out. So that was a, a, a pretty smart move to bring him in. And he's got familiarity with his coaching staff. And so that should help. Um, what is a realistic chance, you think, of a player like that being able to contribute on five or six days' notice? Well, I think the biggest thing with him is he, you know, he's already played a little bit this year. Uh, he's in shape. He's a pro. He was three time. I think he's three time all pro. Uh, he's a, he's a really good tight end, and so uh, it'll be how quick he can pick up the playbook because we do a lot of stuff. You know, two tights, and then you bring Skipper in. Um, so you know, again, how quick and how quick he can he can pick this stuff up will be will determine if he you know if he suits up for us. Um, uh, again, like Dan Campbell says, he said it last week, if the guy he's going to put in there cannot help us, he's not going to, he's not going to uh, lose what he's already had there. So, um, guys that already know what's going on. So I think that it'll be interesting to see how, you know, tomorrow, Thursday and Friday is a big load day for him. And, and, uh, you know, of course then they're traveling. So that doesn't help much other than he can sit next to, but I loved his, uh, uh press conference today about, Hey, I'm here. I'm not here to disrupt anything. I'm here to hopefully I can teach uh, Laporta some stuff and these young guys some stuff. And if I can help this team win, I'm gonna I'm I'm here for you know whatever they need me, and I'll play how many reps they need me to play if that's uh, feasible. Those are excellent points, and you know what, having a veteran like that in there is not a bad thing to add to the room. Um, and you know, you talked about they won't put somebody in if they can't contribute. And so the the name we haven't brought up yet that a lot of people are going to be wondering about is James Houston. Right. You know, some people thought he might be active last week. Will he be active this week? Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things where the fans don't nearly know as much as what the coaching staff knows. And the coaching staff's not going to show their hand. And so that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Oh, for sure. You know, and again, that's your, the same point again. Are we going to lose? Oh, my God, he's a great pass rusher. But is he going to have a trouble getting back in coverage? Levi was in coverage probably, I saw him at least three or four times last week, you know, and Bosa's going back into coverage too. 
And so, you know, they do that. Uh, AG dials that those zone blitz schemes up. And so, you know, it's uh, that's going to that's going to determine that factor. And and if we need somebody to get to the quarterback, then then we're going to go that way. So. Well, another big thing about this, this uh, storyline, I guess, if you will, is the Lions are playing with house money. That's what they say, right? There's no pressure on the Lions. We're not supposed to be here. People don't think we should be here. They aren't giving us a chance. Now, we won those two games. The monkey's off the back, right? Not the same old Lions has been taken care of. We, we, we won at home twice. And so now we are playing loose. You, you might liken it a little bit to that Green Bay game at the end of last year where we were on the road in Lambeau. And nobody thought we were going to win. We, we had nothing to lose. And so we just went for it all. And I got to think this game could have some similar parallels to that where there's probably more pressure on San Francisco because they have been in the playoffs for multiple years and they're the ones that might be feeling that little bit of stress. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, our biggest stress game was was the was the Rams game because of all the hype and all the all of this quarterback against that quarterback and, uh, you know, this old team and all that stuff. And so I think those are the things, though, that's where the stress came from. I think last week was we're just going to get the job done. This week we're going on the road. Were we stressed when we went into uh, in Dallas? Absolutely not. Um, and, and we're not going to be stressed going into this. I, I think, again, it goes back to um, – uh, the outside noise from the from the media and from the so, social media and stuff like that. And like Dan Campbell said today in his press conference, that's one of the things he's trying to eliminate and trying to get them away from. He made a joke about that the room was full of reporters at that time instead of just 20 guys and family members asking for tickets and stuff like that. So I, I, I totally agree. I just think I think we're going to go in there. Um, we know we have an opportunity to get to to the big dance, to the Super Bowl, to get to Vegas, and we're going to go on the road and we're going to and we're going to take care of business. And whatever happens, happens with it. Coach, another fun storyline coming out of this as a fan has been everyone's asking, "Are you going to the game? Are you going to the game?" And you know, I was very fortunate that I bought season tickets this year. It allowed me to go to these playoff games without having to pay all that extra ticket master fee, which really raises the price on these things. And and people are like. But what about the Super Bowl? Would you go to the Super Bowl? And they keep asking me that, you know, a few people here and there. And, you know, obviously it's one week at a time. And I know I bought my San Francisco tickets in the flight before the Lions even played Tampa, hedging some bets. And and people are like, well, the, that, that Super Bowl is probably way above people's pay grade. And, you know, it's in a different stratosphere. It, it is in a number that I can really not conceive. And, and I haven't said no to anybody because part of it is like that inner child in me that just wants to keep that dream alive for like as mm-hmm. long as possible if it happens, you know? Um, but, but it, it you know, it, it would be a thing where, you know, Lions season ticket holders get put into a lottery if it were to take place. And some of them yeah. would get to buy tickets at face value. Now, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what face value is. I have a pretty good idea. It's going to be a lot more than I want to pay. But as far as that goes, I, I don't know. I, I don't care. I'm right now. I'm just looking forward to San Francisco and, and coach, mm-hmm. you know, we, we keep bringing all this history up. And one of the things I saw, I mean, this is a year to break all records for the Lions and end all streaks. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the way you're laughing, I think, you know, this one is the last road win in the playoffs for the Detroit Lions was in 1957 in San Francisco that sent the Lions to that championship game. So mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting to be going out there and realizing that history as well. 
Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, anytime we can we can tie history into it and and say, oh my God, last time this happened, or look what happened here, you know, it's and again, us as fans, some of us dig into that and say, wow, that's a good sign, you know. Others say, yeah, whatever. But hey, you don't know. Maybe history repeats itself. We're gonna live with that one, aren't we? That we are. And so, so let's talk about what we're going to expect from the San Francisco's Levi Stadium. You know, uh, as we've looked at playoff games, I haven't paid too close of attention to some of the other games going on. And maybe you can weigh in and you notice more than I did. But I can tell you, in Detroit, you, there were not bunches of visiting fans. There were some sporadic ones. And you would maybe, for every, I don't know, thousand fans, see two or something like that in Detroit. But I got to believe that the Lions fans are going to represent in that stadium the way no other visiting fan base has represented this year. Yeah, I, I just read something today. It's up to 22% of the tickets are the Lions fans right now. And normally it's 18, they said. So let's we're going to live with that one and see if we can double that. Yeah, you know what? I would love to go up with that as well. And the more we can get in there, the louder we can get, the, the more it takes away or neutralizes a little bit of that home field thing. Mm -hmm. uh, one more fun storyline here, coach, before we get into prediction time, the 49ers sent emails out to everybody who has tickets. At least I presume. So I, I bought tickets to the game. So I got an email with the expected weather report and the weather report said 69 degrees and fog, possible fog. Okay. And sometimes things just hit you in the face. And then I just <laughs> thought about this and I looked and I'm like, do you know what fog backwards spells? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's pretty close. We need yeah. one more out, right? <laughs> you might need one more, but you still pronounce it the same way. That's golf, baby. And <laughs> yeah. there's Shay and Goff's going to be there, and I'm for it, and let's go do it. Let's see Jared Goff. That'd be hilarious if a Jared Goff chant erupted out of that crowd in a visiting stadium, wouldn't it? It sure would, man. It would be totally awesome. And he's from that area, correct? Yeah, he played at Cal, so you know, yeah. I, not too far away from there. All right, well, let's get to prediction time. We talked about the spread. I think this game's going to be closer than a lot of people think it's going to be. That's my first. Thing. I think it's going to be a closer game than some people are given given credit. Oh, I totally agree with you on that. We and and Dan Campbell against the spread is his record is unbelievable. So, um, but I just don't. I you know I always just say when you when you when you're in a away game, you're already you're giving up seven points. Uh, just because it's an away game, but I just, yeah, we'll give them up, but I just, I don't see, I don't see a seven point spread in this one, but Hey, that's all fine for us. Cause it just gets us ignited and, and upset and ready to go. So another thing I'm going to throw out there is the key to the lions winning both of their last games has been all phases together. Team work. The run defense for the 49ers is really good. Running will not be easy. Campbell talked about throwing to open the run uh, last week against Tampa. I'm going to predict that all three phases are going to have to play key roles. They're going to have to, they're going to win this as a team if they win this game. And I think that's going to be key. Yep. And, and on, uh, to piggyback on that with those phases, uh, red zone, red zone defense and red zone offense is going to be key. We're going to have to win those two. Uh, I, I believe we have to win both of those. And uh, I'm not worried about our special teams. I think we're going to win that phase hands down anyways. Um, but uh, totally agree with you on that one. I think, you know, you and I would probably totally agree on this, which anyone who watches football would is turnovers are going to be key. Right. The team that makes fewer turnovers is likely the one to win the game. That's, you know, stats 101 right there. But I will say this, the, the Packers left two turnovers on the ground and they lost. 
And so I think turnovers will be a key in this one. The big thing is if you can create a mistake from the other team, that will be the big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, you know, and that let's get into uh, run defense, stop the run. No big plays. Uh, you know, Shanahan, I don't know if you knew this, but for, for the last five years, the San Francisco 49ers offense under Shanahan has led the league in yaks yard after catch because he runs all that underneath bubble stuff and, and things. So we have to reduce that number of yaks as well as as well as stop their run. And we have to outrush them. Yeah, yeah. Tackling is going to be key. We kind of brought that up earlier, but there was there were some missed tackles last week, I believe, uh, that helped the 49ers out. And so the Lions defenders are going to have to really, really do a good job of wrapping up as we've seen them do so many times. Coach, earlier in this episode, I kind of likened this game a little bit to that Packers game last year where we were just we, we were playing with, with with nothing to lose. And what I mean by that is we were also playing as, hey, Anything can come out of the bag today. I mean, you remember that Packers game last year where they did the the pitch play, St. Brown caught it and pitched it, and they had to operate it with a press coverage on, which they hadn't practiced with press coverage, but St. Brown was like, just give me the ball and I will take care of it. I'm going to say, I mean, we haven't seen much in a little while in this, but I'm thinking we're going to see a trick play in this game. I think that's going to happen. No, I, I agree. I, and I'm going to, I would, I would bet that there's going to be something comes out in somewhere, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a weird situation where we're going to kind of go, oh my God, even though the Niners are going to work it on it and practice on it, I just think DC and, and, and I think, you know, the Johnson, our, our OC is going to, they're going to come up with something. They're going to have to, they, you're going to, you know, a game like this, you have to steal, you have to steal a possession. Okay. And, and when I was coaching the big games, I always said we have to steal a possession. Okay. We have to win all three phases. And so I, I agree with you. I think we're going to try to steal a possession somewhere, whether it's a block punt or whether it's a fake punt or a fake field goal. Who knows? But we're going to steal a possession and steal points. That's very well said. And that's probably going to be the case in this game. Uh, Coach, I want to go back to something you and I talked about during Lions training camp. When we saw Jamison Williams go down with that injury, that hamstring injury, and we knew that that was going to, you know, sideline him for a little bit. Then they had that suspension, but then they got him back. And we talked way back then that Jamison Williams could be the difference maker in some aspects. And, and some people have wondered why he hasn't gotten the ball more the last game or two. And I, I've said to that, well, he's pulling some defense coverages with him, which is opening some other guys up. But but I'm going to say we might see a big play from JMO in this one because he could be a difference maker. I mean, when the Lions were playing the Bears and they had to have that comeback, Jamison Williams was involved. When they had to win that game against Tampa and they were down to one running back, Jamison Williams made a big play. And, and Goff and him have connected better the second half of this season. And I'm just thinking – this could be a time where you see a coming out game or a coming out catch by Jamison Williams. I mean, we're expecting Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown to do what they do. We're expecting our offensive line. You know, Dan Campbell talked about consistency, and I'm just wondering, maybe this is that game where we see something extra out of Jamison Williams that we haven't seen on a regular basis. Yes, and I agree again on that. They've been setting up the deep ball. Everybody's playing deep. He's running some great comeback routes. 
Uh, the good thing about the San Francisco 49ers is I think we will take a couple shots with him against them because their corners are questionable, just like supposedly our corners are questionable. And they, uh, they commit a lot of downfield pass interferences. And so I think that's a great prediction, Matt. And I'm going to, I'll ride that one with you. Cause, and again, could it be J-Mo? Sure. But um, hey, we threw to Brock Wright last week too. So even though he's not going to be there, we're, we're, we're spreading it around, but I, I, I would love to see it, and this would be the perfect game for J-Mo to go the distance on one. It would be. And, you know, Jameer Gibbs was like shoelaces away from going the distance on like a <laughs> 70-yarder. He obviously took that 31-yarder to the house. And, you know, we haven't even said Josh Reynolds' name. I mean, you could go so deep on this roster. That's what you like. It's just the depth we have. I mean, Josh Reynolds caught the first touchdown of the game last week. And so, so many guys play so many different roles that you often don't even say, I'm a we didn't even talk about CJ Gardner Johnson very much, and we know how pivotal he is. And so the depth of this team, the grit that this team carries means we, we, we know there's a chance in this game and it's not just a chance of luck. There's a chance because the lions are ready to play this game and they're focused in. Totally agree. Totally agree. And one more prediction, we will see three safeties on the field at the same time. You we think so? They were there last week. There were all, three safeties out there yeah, last week. That, well, all the three safeties and Branch. <laughs> on the, at the same time. Yes, yes. I believe, that is I incredible. I, I have not had time to go watch the game yet since I've been home from it. I barely got my voice back from it. And so I didn't think it had happened. And I was wondering maybe they wouldn't do it this week because of Christian McCaffrey's running ability. But the safety does give you some speed over a linebacker, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, and, and they're all, every one of them are tacklers, every one of them are tacklers in space. So, you know, but we'll see, you know, again, but I, I just think you're going to see that from, you know, from AG throwing out some goofy, goofy things out there that people are going to, what's he doing? And it's going to get home. And that's the same thing with the trick play thing that we talked about. Awesome coach. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, just looking forward to another one. And uh, you know, it's, it's uh, just been, just been a blessing and, we as we as uh, as huge fans are uh, loving this ride, and let's keep it going. That is for sure. It has definitely been a blessing. It's been such a fun season so far. Great talking lions as usual. I hope we get to do this again another week. And I'll say I can't wait for Sunday afternoon for myself. Sunday evening for you. And uh, go lions. Go lions. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in. You can find all the episodes at notthesameoldlions.com. If you're listening on YouTube, please hit that like button. While you're at it, tell your friends about the show. And please subscribe regardless of your listening platform. Until next time, stay gritty, my friends.